0: Zero day. <laughs> well, I experienced a little warm weather this past week. I went and picked up my daughter Mariah, who honorably finished four years in the United States Marine Corps. <clears throat> so she may be a little stiff this morning trying to adjust to the cold from Southern California, but uh, we're so thankful. Thank you for your prayers, those that knew about it. No issues, no tickets. That's a big deal. <laughs> There's a lot of miles, a lot of hours. But uh, we're thrilled to have her here, and we're blessed. Um, prayer and fasting schedule. Uh, just want to reiterate that, February 7th through 9th. And so I think, believe, we'll be at the new building. And so typically at 630, we'll, we'll have some music in there. There's no sound system yet. It's coming by faith. And, uh, well, we we do have heat in there. It's a beautiful building, and uh, it's really exciting. And uh, even the foyer with the new floor, boy, I tell you, whoever made that decision, I don't know, it was me, okay? (laughs) That's all I can take care of. Jackie and Rhonda, anything beautiful, it has to do with them and those who have helped out. So... It's amazing. So we'll be in there and then we'll decide on that Wednesday night. What we're going to do as we come together after that. So I encourage you with that and all the other things to be involved in. Amen. Amen. Well, let's take a moment and pray and ask for God's blessing as I share his word today. Father, I humble myself before you and I recognize that in and of myself, I have nothing good to say. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, I ask that you speak through me. Give to your people what they need here today. It's in your name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Isaiah chapter 60, verse 22. This is the second week in our series on God's destiny moments, or the destiny moments in our life. I'm going to do a little recap here, uh, just, just briefly. But my text has been Isaiah 60, 22. Isaiah 60, 22. The Lord says, even your smallest and humblest family would become as great as a powerful nation. And we mentioned last week that this had to do, I believe, prophetically of God's church being birthed. How I many you know the church started with a baby in a manger. And, and, and it's a prophetic declaration. It says this, when the right time comes, can we say that together? When the right time comes, I will make this happen quickly, quickly. And we've been talking about a quick work. I am the Lord, a quick work. And we found a scripture in Galatians 6, 9 that we've kind of been our our foundation text for this series. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. Say that again. Just, Just kind of say la, pause and think about that. Don't get tired of doing what's good. The scripture is there for our admonition for a reason. Why? Because if we were not admonished to not get tired in doing good, how many know it? You can get tired in doing good. Is anybody out there? But it says at the right time. That word time is carols in the Greek. We will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Somebody shout if. So there's a contingency on this verse, right? And it has to do with you not quitting. You. Amen? You're not throwing in the towel. I'm with me this morning? and <clears throat> So we said the Greek word charis was mentioned 86 times in the New Testament. And we've talked about that. A charis miracle is being really, I believe, manifest in, in our midst. And, and, and not just with the, the finances that have come in, but the season that we have entered in, in this season. And, and we said that that word charis means an opportune time, an opportunity season. Uh, it's a fitting time, and it's different from the word time, which uh has another meaning in Scripture, chronos time, which actually means a sequential time, calendar. How many know it's Monday morning, get up, go to the work, or get up, go milk the cows. Come on, somebody, you know, or get up or snowplow or whatever it is. And and, and so we live in chronos time, sequence of moments, duration of time. But when a keros time comes, it's an opportunity. It's an opportune time where God does something, and he does it swiftly in a moment, but there's something that is called upon each and every one of us to act in that moment. Amen, Pastor Mike. <laughs> and so there's a difference there. And so I believe we've entered this a season, uh, a, a keros moment, a destiny moment for our church. I really believe that. Isaiah 60, God said that I am the Lord. When the time comes, I will do it. And do it. And we said actually that the meaning of that, that root word time once again means coming to a head to, to take full advantage of. It's, it's a suitable times, a, a favorable moment. Amen. So let's just continue. And I've subtitled this. I was thinking about it. It's like, okay, how could I, what do I want to get across today? And, and I subtitled it, get out of the way, get out of my way. Now, I don't know if anyone's ever said that to you. I've had it said, you know, and it sounds callous, It sounds quite rude, it can be. Uh, But it may mean that, you know, hey, excuse me, I'm coming through. Could you get out of my way? Or would you please move? Or could you hold the door open? How many hear what I'm saying? I mean, So there's different uh, 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 meanings to it. Uh, It actually means it's to stop obstructing, to stop obstructing or impeding someone uh, to move out of someone's pathway. And how many know, though, when God shows up, in your destiny moment, he drives back the enemy and he tells him to get out of the way, to get out of your way. And so you're able to do things, and we get into something here in a moment, that you are not able to do in the natural, but because God said so in that moment, you can do it. And you look pretty big in that moment, but the truth of the matter is you're not. He is. So you have to recognize that. You know, people, you know, they throw up oil adulations. Wow, oh, wow, he raised that money for the church. I did nothing. God did. And I recognize that. Because I know what it's like in the, come on, somebody, the Kronos time. The years of just kind of going in making the donuts. And throwing them out the next day, the ones that weren't bought. And you just keep, come on, you, you go day in and day out, and you recognize, right, that without God, we're not going to make it. But with him, we can do all things through Christ. Are you awake this morning? Exodus 14. Exodus 14. When God brought the Israelites out of slavery, they were heading towards the promised land. They were heading towards the promised land, and which basically was just a two-week journey. But after Pharaoh, we know the story, a little history here. He let them go. <clears throat> Actually, uh, he changed his mind, which God was involved with that. He decided, you know what? I want them back. So he sent 600 of his fastest chariots and some of his strongest warriors to recapture them. So these approximately 2 million Israelites were at a dead end and their back was towards the Red Sea. How many remember the story? We've seen a lot of movies about it. And their back is towards the Red Sea. And a true leader wouldn't lead his people in a situation like that. And so we kind of wonder, okay, what's up with you, Moses? But God said, this is where I want to lead you to. And they had nowhere to go, and their backs were towards the sea. And how many know in a situation like that, when 600 of Pharaoh's best army and chariots with swords are coming after you, uh, you're in a difficult situation? How many know that is probably pretty hopeless? It was hopeless. Even though there was 2 million of them, they were frightened, and they were terrorized, and it looked like they would be recaptured, and many of them killed. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, pull the Scripture up to Exodus 14, 15. Exodus 14, 15. It's an interesting verse right here. <clears throat> the verses before this, just a few verses before this, Moses tells the people, watch this. He tells the people, I'm just paraphrasing. You know, the Pharaoh's coming in the army, and he says, don't be afraid. The, the enemy you see today will be gone. You don't have to worry about the God will fight your battles. In the next verse, what is this right here? It says, the Lord says to me to Moses, why are you crying out for help? <laughs> Tell the people to move forward. In other words, as a leader, even though he may have been bold and sharing the truth, behind the scenes, he fell down. Oh, God. That's like pastors today. Come on. You know, God, we can make it. We can do it. Oh, God, I don't know if we're going to make it. Pastors have clay feet. Come on. But when you don't have a word, you're like that. That's what you're like. When you don't have a word from God for your moment, your destiny moment, oh, what <laughs> all is lost. Come in with me, say amen, <laughs> or oh me. Why? And, but God sees that. He goes, why are you crying out for help? What does he tell him? you got to do something in this moment. Because it says, the Lord said, somebody shout, said. When God says something to you specifically in that moment, you can do it. He says, tell the people to move forward. Where are we moving forward? There's nowhere to go. we got to see before us. How many with me say amen? And so so what happens is God said to you, Moses, and and, and so, you know, God shows up. God shows up in that. And God said, which, once again, is a keros miracle. And he tells Moses, basically, stand up. And hold up the, the rod or the staff. And we know the story, commands the waters to part and those waters parted. How many of you know in the Chronos time, if he would have tried to do that, it wouldn't happen? And there's a lot, watch this, there's a lot of things we try to do because we, watch it, we read the word of God and so, well, God said it and what? That settles it for me. And we think we can step out and walk on water when God said, no, you can't at this time. I just want you to be faithful in this season. Are you listening this morning? And see, but when God says, and you have that destiny moment, that Carol's word, you can do it. Whatever it is, you can do it. And, and even when everyone else is looking around like, this is impossible. There's no way we can raise the money. There's no, way this is, there's no way we can build this building. In the middle of a pandemic, are you nuts? Churches are closing. Churches are shutting down. What gain people you actually added to your membership? This is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. That's our God we serve. Can you say amen? That careless moment and those waters parted. The Israelites, the Israelites they walked to on dry ground. It says, Pharaoh's men, we know, came chasing after them, and the water closed up, and it was true. So even in Moses' fearful situation, declaring the enemies, you won't see them no more, God still honored that word he spoke, because God was doing it. Now pull up Psalm 114, uh, verse 3, if you would, please. This is a powerful verse. It says this, And it gives us insight into what happened. It says, says, the Red Sea, I'll just read the whole thing here. I have a brief part. It says, the Red Sea saw the Israelites coming and hurried out of their way. What? How can a sea see you and hurry out of the way? But they saw the children of God. And God said something for Moses to do. And what happened? The sea hurried out of the way. It moved. I like a couple other translations. It says, see, when the sea looked at God's people, it ran away. The sea are problems in our life. The sea is the difficulty in your life. The sea is the negative season that you're in. The sea is the impossible situation in the moment. But when God's people show up, come on somebody, when God's people are aligned with him and they've been faithful in the chrono season, God will bring a caros moment. And you know what? The sea of your problems will get out of the way. That's what the Bible is saying to us. Somebody say amen. Thank God for that. <clears throat> uh, one, one translation says, the sea saw them coming and it ran, it fled, it moved. Now God I think this is interesting. I get a little off here in Exodus 14. The Bible says he caused the chariot wheels to wobble so that they had difficulty driving. I believe this was the work of angels. So it wasn't that the chariots followed them and nothing happened to in the sea. No, God caused problem with the chariots. So he sent the angels. The scripture says he jammed the wheels of their chariots so they had difficulty driving. Watch this. He said he made the wheels of their chariots get stuck and fall off. And, and they cried out and they said, son, they said, let us flee from his church, said the Egyptians, for the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. You know, have you ever had your wheels come off? Come on, somebody. Um, you know, I think <laughs> yeah, some of just hit this morning. Uh, sometimes God is involved. Now watch this in our difficult, stuck moments. Now, right? See, he's involved in it In sometimes your wheels get jammed up, but it needs to be. What are you saying, Pastor Mike? God is trying to get our attention. He's trying to get your attention. How many here this morning? And and I think about that, it you know, it reminded me uh about how many member of Balaam in the old testament. Some of you don't, but it's actually in Numbers 22. I don't have a verse or up there. Verse 32. And Balaam. Uh, basically accepted a bribe to go curse God's people. And God said, my people aren't cursed. So even though he was kind of a backslidden prophet, you know, carnal, kind of a worldly, but God used him. uh, He took off with his donkey. And um, and the Bible says that uh, he starts off to go curse God's people and God says, I'm not going to have it. So an angel shows up with a sword. And the donkey, while he's moving through whatever, the little town or whatever it was, uh, starts to act up and Balaam, you know, starts whacking the donkey and the donkey takes off in a field and he brings it back and gets on it again. Three times this happens. Second time it's a little bit closer, he beats it again. He sees. So the donkey can see in the spirit realm, but Balaam cannot. Once you get that simple. And the third time he kind of goes through a narrow spot where the donkey can't go left and right. There's walls and the angels there about to slay Balaam. All right. That's what the scripture says. And so the donkey can't go anywhere and crushes his foot against the wall. and He's screaming, probably cursing Balaam. And the donkey just does what? It sits and falls down, just sits. And he's beating it, beating. And then the Bible says something really interesting for you animal lovers. It says that God opened the mouth of the donkey so he could speak. You know, God has donkeys in your life. They can speak to you. Come on, somebody. You know what? Let me just say this. How many animal lovers in here? Your, God could open the mouth of your animal. The question would be, was what would your animal say about you? Oh, <laughs> coming in late night, not, you know, whatever. Then sometimes you see that they just look at you like they know something. Come on, that's for the animal lovers. <laughs> but it's if you believe the Bible, it's true. The donkey get what's it? Doctor Seuss? Who was the one that talked to the animals? I can't remember. But okay, yeah. So, but I think about this moment, and uh, <clears throat> how many know that God was jamming His wheels? And, and he said, you know what, I, I'm about to kill you. So the donkey speaks and says some things. I wrote this down. He said, the donkey says, I have come here. Uh, well, the angel says, I have, I have come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. And then the donkey says some things that I wrote down later. I'll hear about it in a moment here. But the donkey speaks and, you know, was like, have I not served you my whole life? Have I not been your animal? Have I not been obedient and good? And I've never done anything like this. And That's when, you know, he begins to see Balaam in that moment. In that moment, he begins to see in the spirit realm, sees the angel and says, oh my God, I didn't know. Well, no kidding. He would be in foolish. What am I trying to say? Sometimes God is involved in our difficult uh, and our stuck moments. And God is trying to get our attention because he loves us. He loves us. But when you come into your destiny moment, when you come into that moment, you don't need to worry. The Bible is saying that the enemies of your faith, the Bible says, are going to hurry out of your way. Amen, isn't that beautiful? And God can throw his angels, uh, release his angels, excuse me, to overthrow your opposition. And uh, <clears throat> uh, he can do that in a quick way, in a quick way. How me see that, say amen. What do you mean, Pastor Mike? One moment, you don't see things changing. Nothing looks any differently. Suddenly, those waters part. Suddenly, your health returns. Suddenly, the government turns around. Supreme Court turns around. We need a miracle. <clears throat> Suddenly, there's some sensibility in leaders. Suddenly, the, uh, uh, the door opens. Money comes in quickly. The breakthrough happens. Those are suddenlies that God has for our life. And God is the only one that knows how to take things that look permanent that are lost and hopeless, and quickly change them. Can you say amen? <clears throat> you know, when God told uh, Moses to, to hold up, up that staff and the waters would part, I could imagine he was, he was tempted to maybe reason that out. And what do you mean? And, uh, you know, the staff, I began to think about that staff and what what it was for for a shepherd. And the staff was used to to train and corral the sheep. And it was a very powerful weapon for the shepherd. And he probably was thinking, you know what? This staff is used to keep the sheep in line when they start fighting. I use it to break them up when they start wandering or when the sheep start bickering and quarreling. The staff. Amen, somebody. I, I, the thing that I use this staff to lean on, God. Uh, when I'm scared, I use this staff to, I trust in this staff. And when I'm walking in the wilderness, it's my, it's my security blanket. It's my safety blanket. And you want me to throw that down and, in essence, throw that thing away? What are you saying, God? But how many know that previously Moses already passed the test of reliance? Pull up that scripture if you would in Exodus chapter 4. Exodus chapter 4, verse 2. And the Lord asked him, when he's at the burning bush, speaking to Moses, What is in your hand? How many of you know God knew it was in his hand? Sometimes God can ask you questions, not for his sake, but for your sake. Amen. What is in your hand? He goes, A staff. He says, Throw it on the ground. Once again, that security blanket, the thing you trust in. And he, so, so Moses threw it on the ground and became a snake. And what did he do? He ran away. <laughs> Some of the people think he walked over and picked it up. Listen, I would never pick up a snake. I don't like snakes. And I would never pick up a snake by the tail. <laughs> Every minute is like, put it on the head, you know, cut the head off. Anyhow, hate snakes, but moving right along. How many know the snake wasn't the point? God changing the rod was the point. We're seeing something to him. So what Moses, I believe passed the test of his capability to God's ability. He passed the test in that moment. And every one of us, hear me please this morning, must come to a place in our life where we surrender to God's lordship in our life. The lordship, come on. Where we pass the test, where sometimes we have that staff with us, with our faith. And we wanna have have it in both worlds. And God is saying, no, 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 when you come to me in full surrender, it's throwing things down that you trust him. Mm, I think you're thinking this morning. <clears throat> your rod represents, your staff represents your ability in the natural, your talent, your intellect, your affluence. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe, maybe it's even your good looks for some people. You know, wow, she's so beautiful. He's so handsome. It just seems like he has it all together. And Your staff is your trust, the thing you go to that you trust him, that you lean on in life. God will require at times and seasons in our life that we throw these things down. In other words, release what you have to the Lord. When we release those things that we've trusted into the Lord, watch and see what he can do. And the rod is a reminder that God can use something simple to accomplish something amazing. Can you say amen? But we must be willing to surrender it all to God, to throw it down. And it's basically saying, Lord, I'm gonna trust you with this, whatever this is with my finances, with maybe it's beginning to be a tither. I, I'm gonna, I don't understand it. People get up here every week. They talk about tithing. Just, I don't I don't believe it. I don't. I'm going to take a step of faith, and I'm going to trust you. I'm going to throw this staff down and reliance upon myself and how I can do and save everything I can and sit on that can. Can I get an amen? When really God can take your 90 and make it go a lot further than your 100. Just thought I'd throw that out, I don't know why. <laughs> but it's a truth. It's a truth in God's word. What are you trusting? What are you relying upon? Maybe your intellect, your ability. But see, after Moses passed this test, that rod became a great source of confidence for Moses. Why? He saw what God did in his life, and that became a place of confidence. So back to the story in the natural now. So once this happens and he does this, <clears throat> I would imagine, even in that moment, still, even what God had done in and through His life, that the Israelites were going to somehow—you would think—get across this water uh, insanity. It's an impossible situation. Probably would take weeks or months. How many know that you know for for you know God to dry that thing out to bring winds? You know, probably take two, three, four, maybe five months and have to camp out there. And but when God spoke. So wants you to get. When he spoke to Moses, nothing looked any different at first. He had a caros moment. In that moment, it still everything was the same, and that's a lot like our lives. So there, God may be speaking to many of you here, even this morning. I believe about some things that He's already spoke to you before about, but He wants you to act on them. But you think I've tried it? I keep failing. I keep falling. I keep it, and that's where the enemy wants to keep you deceived in, and not stepping out. And so your future and your destiny, destiny moment, may be an act of simple obedience. God's given you the ability, but you just you just can't do it because you're apprehensive, because you've tried and you failed, and you keep falling down. And why keep? You know what? It's just not going to happen. So we sit and we wait till something else happens. Then we think, oh, okay, he's moving. God normally speaks. Everything seems the same, but He's waiting for you to act. Somebody say amen, amen. And so that's why, um, you know, God doesn't always do things on our normal timetable, but he does specialize in doing a quick work and he can speed things up. Amen. That's why Galatians 6 9 says, be not weary. Another translation says, don't be discouraged, do not lose heart, do not become tired of doing good. Do not become tired. Don't allow yourself to get tired of living the right way. It's important that we align ourselves to God's heart and God's word in this season. Can you say amen? And so there may be uh, obstacles in your life that seem permanent. I, I, I understand that. But I believe God is about to hurry them out of your way. Amen. Hurry them out of your way. And so when he says, now's the time, now's the time. And, and, and it's going to happen quickly, quickly, and, and it's going to be something that's out of the ordinary because he declared it. Amen? And, and so uh, let me just say this about breakthrough. Um, you know, maybe some things that uh, you've been struggling with for years, uh, and you feel like, you know, you're at roadblocks, your back is against the Red Sea, and, and maybe even personally, maybe there's fear issues, anxiety. You know, I'm still in awe of how much terror is over our nation and fear with people in this season. It is, it is is mind-boggling how terrorized and fearful people are. You may not think that way and you just move on and say, well, that's just crazy. But this whole thing that's happened in these last few years, years that were coming in, has paralyzed people that it's going to take actually a deliverance for some people to come out of. I really believe it. It's crazy, the fear people are living in. But... I really believe that God's going to turn things around. And you look at those waters, nothing looks any different. And it seems like this is, is what it is, and it's not going to change. And you may even know and sense in your spirit, man, or woman that God is telling you a breakthrough is coming, but you don't see any sign in the natural. And you want to believe, but your mind is telling you there is no way. Demons want you to quit. Did you hear me? There are spiritual forces that are out there. The, you, you, know, you, you know, the devil is not omnipresent. God is. That's a, that's a theological word. And all it means is God is everywhere at all times in all places. It even says in the depths of hell. He said, you know, he is, he is everywhere. You can't take off, you know, run, jump on a plane somewhere, wind up in Cancun, throw the blankets over your head, and think God's not there. God's there. <laughs> he sees everything. But the devil is not omnipresent. But he does come. For seasons in your life, and he whispers, and he speaks in your life. A lot of times when you're at your weakest, and he tells you to quit, he wants you to quit. Why is he doing that? And some of you feel that right now, that pressure. He knows, because he's a spirit being, that your destiny moment is right around the corner. Yeah, I shared this before. I don't know, I just feel shared again. In 2019, I remember it was November 24th. I think it was the Sunday. And I'll never forget that Sunday. I hope that's the right date. Some of you can Google and see if that's true. But we all came up here, the trustees, and made an announcement to church. We're not building because we can't afford this. Rates were up a little bit higher. We didn't have enough money. And it was the most difficult time for me as a pastor here at the church that that basically, you know, the dream that you felt God's put in your heart is not going to happen. That's basically the announcement because we just didn't want to get ourselves in foolishness and put weight and burden on the church, amen, you know? And I just didn't want to do that and be under that pressure. And and uh, uh, it just, it was like an impossible situation, it seemed. And, and the demons were really working pressure, spiritual pressure on me, quitting my wife and I. is like saying, you know, so what's the purpose? That's all the, that's constantly what I got. What's the purpose? What's moving on? If you can't move forward in the things of God and reach people and and have the impact, and God and God's given you the land and it'll help maybe, you know? All of that. But see, God, the devil knew that just the, a short season ahead, come on, somebody. He knew, all oh, that was going to take place. He knew that the resources would come in. God already had that worked out. There was already, the answer was already there. And he, the devil's like, quit, quit. And I said, no, we're going to get up, make the donuts. Come on, somebody. And we're going to keep preaching and try to find a message that people don't fall asleep on. Can I get an amen? I'm almost done here Hallelujah Hurry out of the way Hurry out of the way In the right season Now in conclusion here How many know that Ephesians 6 Talks about the armor of God I did a whole series on that For like three months We talked about each of the armaments Some of you need to go back and, And download that And I believe it's online And how many know There's protection all over you For everything in the front But there's nothing for the back did you hear that? So, so you are full with armaments, the breastplate, the helmet, the sword, the belt, but nothing for the, for the backside. Why? Well, we don't fight with our backs towards the enemy, right? Right? So, and we don't flee. We don't run, you know, away from the enemy. And I thought about that because we are to stand and fight. But how many know there's times in our life we experience, like, that our backs are towards the Red Sea? Our backs are towards an impossible situation, and we see the enemy. I can remember back, I think it was around 2010, and when the church land w- was donated. And, and, but there were some rezoning issues that I knew it was talked about, that, that, that property had to go through all of it. And, 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 and it seemed like at that time it was, uh, it was never going to happen. It was like, wow, this takes a miracle. Some of you will remember I had a glass jar in here, and I would bring out the glass jar on Sunday morning, some of you shaking your head, and it was dirt from the property. <laughs> I kind of was clogged. I broke it up, tried to sift it, and I would bring it in a mason jar as a point of contact. We did that for years. I prayed over that, and I would say, all right, come on, church, let's pray over this dirt, <laughs> you know. It's part of the property. So this is a point of contact. Somebody think This guy lost his marbles. <laughs> but here we are today. <laughs> glory to God. But, but I felt like my back was it. And, and, but then it came to pass. And then a few years later, after, you know, even praying of all that, thinking about, well, we're going to build the city, the mayor before, uh, 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 he wrote a letter and said, hey, I see you guys got land donated. And, and uh, what's your intention? I said, well, our intention is to build. He writes me back and goes, we make it exempt. It was like not even a big deal for property tax. That's a big deal for a church. A lot of times you have to fight, go before a city for that. It was exempt. It was easy. I'm like, wow. Well, we get a letter. They're revoking our tax exempt status for the property. I was like, what? Well, you haven't built in time. It's what it was. He's like, you said you were, but we want to extract. I said, don't you have bigger fish to fry than us? I mean, is there other, you know, that you can go after? I mean, why us as a nonprofit, you know? And we have, you know, a few acres out there, anyhow. Uh, the trustees got together and wrote a letter. And I remember I came in here. Nobody was in here. It was dark. And I laid the letter right here. And I was doing like Moses at the sea. Ah, God! <laughs> I'm just being honest with you, okay? Now, I'm, I mean, no Marines can cry. Come on now. Ah, all is lost. Now they're going to take our taxes, Lord. And so like Hezekiah, I laid the letter out. And I prayed, and then we mailed it. Two weeks later, they said, we're sorry. Okay, you're exempt. And they left us alone. Sometimes you got to just stand. Sometimes you got to just fight. But you got to pray and seek the Lord. And the right moments, was there. Stand with me if you would, please. I want you to stay encouraged. I want you to stay encouraged. The Bible says in Psalm 135, 14, it says, for the Lord will vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants. In other words, God says, I will bring justice and I will show mercy on my people. That's a beautiful verse. Friends, when it's your time, God knows how to have your enemies hurry out of the way. And he is not going to let that opposition delay of the enemy and overthrowing them for one moment, your destiny moment. Here's the thing. I really believe God has scheduled for each and every one of you a destiny moment. Did you hear that? Whether you're a young person, or you're a guy gets up, works on a construction site or drives a truck or whatever it may be, you have a destiny moment in God. Why? Because he loves each and every one of you, and he has a purpose and I want you to stay encouraged. You know, I had this, uh, pulled this one up about the Red Seas. Red Seas can't keep you from your purpose. God knows how to part those waters. He can part those waters. So in conclusion here, I want you to know that God's got you covered. And I was thinking about that, all right, covering us and covering our back. We have no armor on our back. Okay, what, what does that mean? And how do you cover us, God? Because a lot of it, I don't, I don't see that. I mean, you tell us we to stand, and having done all, stand. And there's times we're weak, there's times we feel our, our back is against the wall, and we feel that the enemy is hot pursuit. I'm going to hear what I'm saying. We feel that. God's got you covered. Military, they say, I got you six. I got you six. Stuff you can't see. And when you're pursuing God, when you're running towards the Lord, and it seems like in that season, the enemy is chasing you down. I want you to know to not to be afraid. God's got you covered. So what do you mean, Pastor Mike, if you can pull up this last verse in Exodus, something interesting happened. At times we wonder, God, where are you? I can't see you doing anything. When Pharaoh's army came, the Bible says something supernatural happened. There was a pillar, a cloud by day so they didn't get scorched. And that night it would be cool in the desert so there was a fire. Whether it was like a tornado type fire or whatever, there was literal fire that would heat the children of Israel. The Bible says, then the angel of God who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, the moment Pharaoh showed up, in the impossible situation, what does God's angel do? He went behind them. He went to the area that wasn't protected. The area where they needed to move forward and they would have been vulnerable moving forward. The Bible says that pillar of cloud moved forward. Moved from behind them and from front of them and stood behind them. I think that's amazing. That fire, that column of smoke. Friends, God is shielding you behind. He is shielding you when you don't see it. When you feel like you want to quit, you just think the enemy is surrounding me. God, He still wants you to stand up. He still wants you to be in the midst of that difficult situation, having done all stand. But you need to know God's got your back. Every head bow, please, this morning. Don't get weary. Stay in faith in the chrono season. Be not weary in doing well. For in due season, keros, you shall weep. You shall reap. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. You know, some of you, in conclusion here, about to pray. You feel like Balaam when I brought that up. And maybe your path is reckless. God is trying to get your attention. Balaam, he beat his donkey three times and it speaks. He says something interesting in verse 30. He says, he said, but you're my owner, answered the donkey. And you have ridden me many times. Have I ever done anything like this before? I've always served you faithfully. The donkeys saying this. And I think there's some voices, some donkeys in your life that are speaking. <laughs> and God may be getting some of your attention. I want you to just pause at this moment with every head bowed. God is saying, "Don't get weary," but He's also challenging many of us here this morning about the path that we're on. And some of us, it may be a reckless path. Nobody starts out to be a criminal and to go into prison, rob the bank. Nobody starts out that they start out with a small little pawn chess move. It's one compromise after another compromise. One thing that you say, well, I'd never do that, next thing you're doing that, but then you say, well, I'd never really do that, and then you're doing that, and then it's like, well, I've never really, that's how the enemy works. It's little, still, small voices of the enemy. Sometimes they're loud. And I wanna, as I pray right now, I'm gonna challenge some of you. Perhaps maybe your path feels reckless. God is having mercy upon you in this moment. God is speaking in this moment with heavy head bodies say, pastor that's me I I need to get right with the Lord I want to get right with God I've tried and tried and failed but you know what I'm going to take the step of faith and I'm going to believe and trust him that he's going to empower me and I'm going to surrender my life that's what he's looking for he's not looking for you to try harder because you can't he's not looking for you to come on put it together get it together you can't he's just looking for you to surrender to surrender your life afresh and anew and say now lord take the steering wheel of my life that's you here this morning and you're willing to surrender to get off that path of recklessness with every head bowed, can we pray corporately this is a powerful prayer it's a very simple prayer it's a prayer for you to receive Christ in your life maybe you're listening online These words are speaking to you. God is speaking to you now. This is the time. Now is the time for you to give your life and surrender to the Lord. Say that to me. Say, Jesus, I surrender my life today. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Jesus, I believe you died on that cross for my sin. Jesus, help me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me the ability to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Friends, if you meant that, God meant that, I believe that. And we're here to help you on your journey. Amen, church. Praise God. Praise God. I want to invite the altar workers at this time. We're going to conclude. They are safe people. They're here to pray for you, to minister life to you. Maybe you need additional prayer. Maybe you need hands to pray, pray their agreement. Maybe it's something that wasn't spoke about here this morning that's just on your heart. And you need, as the Bible talks about, where two or more are gathered in your name. They pray and minister to you. These are safe people. These are here for you, ministry. So... Take advantage of that this morning. Let me bless you. Father, I thank you for the people of God right now. I bless them. I pray protection over them, that you give them strength, health, Father. And I just thank you, Lord, that your purpose is being unfolded in their lives, day in and day out, Lord God. I thank you that you have a destiny moment for each and every one of them. Lord, I pray that we would see, that we would see that wouldn't take a donkey, that, that wouldn't take us being foolish, That we would be able to see and perceive and hear your voice, Father God. And Lord, that we would recognize those moments that you're bringing in our life. Moments that things change quickly because you're doing a quick work in our life. I thank you for that. I bless them and their family and their kids. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you.